Hello, friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We have uh, some early games from round two of the NHL playoffs to talk about, uh, both Florida, Tampa Bay, and then we had another great game between St. Louis and Colorado. Uh, while we're at it, though, you know, you're probably wondering, with all the playoffs happening, obviously the NHL draft and stuff is coming up as well. Who are the Jets going to take at 14th overall? We'll talk about a couple of uh, choice options for the Jets, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to give us a like, follow, or a subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions available of this podcast, always available for you 24-7 every day of the week. So give us that great subscription. It's free, and we really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, I thought there would be a couple of really good things to talk about. Obviously, the uh, the playoffs are still underway, and we'll talk about some of the couple of uh, early games that we've had on Tuesday for uh, round two. But before we get into the NHL playoffs, I thought it would be prudent to talk about um, Winnipeg's upcoming draft options. This is going to be probably a discussion that I'm going to have uh, a lot of different uh, thoughts on over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the Jets are rolling up on the draft. And at 14th overall, this is a class that doesn't have, you know, the the deepest pool of prospects necessarily. But still, within the top 20, there's going to be a lot of interesting Maybe guys to take a swing on, Uh, you know, maybe the Jets want to trade back at some point, but we're just going to assume for the sake of argumentation um, that the Jets are going to keep this pick. So I've seen a couple of different draft projections Um, looking at the NHL's uh, mock draft on at the athletic, you know, their editors came up with some interesting choices for the Jets. They've chosen Frank Nazar out of the U S national development program, which Nazar is an interesting player. I, I think, Frank is considered one of the top skaters in this class. And when you watch him play, he's got a couple of interesting things you'll find from his highlights. Um, the first thing that you'll notice is that the the skating on him is definitely for real. This guy has an ability to uh, really drive up the ice very quickly with an extreme acceleration, a great top end gear. And oftentimes, especially against like um, some of the junior dev programs and stuff he was playing against, he could basically just skate by defenders with almost, you know, no problem. Oftentimes when he bounces out wide to the wing and starts to accelerate, you know, defenders get chasing. And unfortunately for them, they really don't have any hope of catching him. He's just so fast. He's got such a powerful long stride and he really breaks away very quickly. I think oftentimes if your gap control isn't great and your depth is a little bit too high, Nazar's just going to beat you no matter what. Um, so that's pretty cool, right? Uh, offensively, I think Nazar's got pretty good spatial awareness. 
He seemingly has a, an uncanny ability to find really soft spots in defensive coverages. Uh, a lot of the highlights show him kind of curling around the net, um, but sometimes what he'll do is slip between defenders, especially if they're on the PK or something. He's got a really good ability to occupy that central space between the diamond, um, which, you know, it's, it's not easy for a guy his size. He's not exactly uh, super strong and physical or very tall. And so in some ways that can be useful if you want to um, maybe go a little bit unnoticed. But I think in his case, you know, he might find occasionally at times that when you get to the NHL level, guys are going to be swatting at you, slashing at you, uh, cross-checking you the whole way. So, you know, maybe that's something he might be a little bit concerned about. But, you know, he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, I think he's got pretty good, well, saying pretty good is pretty much an understatement. He's got incredible speed, uh, good spatial awareness, good offensive instincts. Defensively, uh, obviously a, a big work in progress, which with him, you don't really want to bring him in to uh, be a two-way kind of player. You're looking for a guy who's going to be a transition monster with expert finishing, great passing, uh, and just general great space creation, which I think he can actually do. Now, is he, you know, a finished prospect? Is he a guy that I would like the Jets to take a chance on? I have thoughts on that. I, I, I think he he's cool. The only thing that I did notice with him is that, you know, in, in engaging with one-on-ones, he doesn't quite have the level of technical finesse that I think would really translate to the NHL level. And it might just be that the highlights didn't really get a chance to show it. But oftentimes when he's engaging defenders, right, uh, he doesn't do a lot with the puck um, and with his stick, which is kind of, it's not the worst. I mean, because he has such great speed, he doesn't really need to use it as much. But if you're dealing with like two to three defenders, right, and you need to sort of cut between those guys, uh, Frank doesn't often do a lot of deceptive moves or, or, uh, dekes or anything to try and create space for himself. It just sort of seems like his main thing is sort of powering through defenders and trying to overwhelm them with speed to get to the net, which that's actually okay in a lot of areas. I think when you have such a strong foundation of skating, a lot of the little technical details are probably things that you can work on. So in, in that respect, I feel like it's not enough to really hold him back. The only thing I do kind of wonder is, if he's a little over-reliant on that speed, especially if you're trying to get uh, through a really well-organized, well-schooled defense, if they're marking you the whole time and you're just trying to beat them from the outside or drive up the middle and you keep turning the puck over, you know, does that frustration kind of get to him? Uh, does he start making more mistakes? I don't know. I, I think it'll be an interesting thing. I would like to actually watch his footage a little more before making like a really hard and firm assessment. He seems like a very interesting project. Uh, what I will say is that, you know, foundationally speaking, he's got a lot of stuff that I think is really good to build on. So it's not like this is a player that um, is is lacking too many things to really be a, a good mid-round pick. I think he actually is somebody worth taking a punt on. I think that there's a lot there to like. And with, you know, edge work that is as good as he's got uh, an amazing top gear and frankly, uh, really smart offensive instincts, I think that there is a very intriguing option there. And apparently he does play either center or wing. So he's got some positional versatility. I could see him very much slotting in out wide for the jets. I don't know if he really has the defensive acumen and awareness to be um, a center, which the jets kind of uh, are still looking for. But I think if you want a guy who can be maybe similar to Nikolai Ehlers, even though I don't think he'll really be able to do uh, the same stuff that Ehlers does, 
uh, at the level that Ehlers does. Um, even still, I think the Jets definitely look for that fast countering presence, somebody with good transition ability, and that might be Frank. We'll see. Uh, obviously, he's still a very young, you know, young guy, uh, still working to refine his skill sets. But I like what he's got on offer, and I think the Jets would not be remiss if they actually took him. I think they would be pretty pleased with that selection. Now, there is one other player that I think the Jets might be interested in. Uh, this guy, I, I know I kind of have pre- pre-existing bias with this pick. Um, and this suggestion is <laughs> maybe a little bit, bit of my own selfishness, but we'll talk about this prospect and why I feel like his disappointing time in Finland maybe shouldn't be enough for the Jets to turn away from him. I think that there's still something in his, his skill sets and his ability that makes me just want to believe in him. And I'll talk about whether or not the Jets should take the risk and draft him in just a little bit. Before we talk about this uh, interesting prospect, though, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at rockauto.com. You know, a lot of you probably have at least one or two uh, automotive vehicles. And, you know, if you've got something that's maybe a bit of a special model uh, or, or really... There's just so many makes and models out there anyways that even finding standard stuff is pretty difficult, um, you know, let alone shopping online, even going to a retail brick and mortar store. A lot of the places just don't have an inventory large enough to stock what you need. So, you know, you get you go to a retail store, you wait in line, you find out the clerk has to place an order for the same part you could just buy online. Well, why waste time and money when you can just go to rockauto.com instead? You could save, you know, hundreds of dollars buying the same parts from rockauto.com versus what you would pay in a retail store. Uh, They had a nice option for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump. Outside, it's around 350 bucks, but on rockauto.com, around 215. Pretty darn good savings, I would say, for the same exact part at a cut rate price. You know, as great as the savings and customer service are, though, I think one of the biggest reasons you should choose Rock Auto is because they're a family business, and they've been serving DIYers just like you for over 20 years. Their prices are super fair, they're very competitive, and they've got everything that you need right on their super easy-to-use convenient website. If you're ready to start and place your order at rockauto.com, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I highly recommend while you're at it to check out one of our other super cool programs. You should check out Locked On Now and make them your next listen. They they feature nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. They also distill the most important takeaways from major news, uh, transfers, rumors, trades, whatever's going on. You know, Locked On Now brings it to you in the easy to use, easy to listen to, digestible format that makes Locked On Now so special. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasts, uh, platforms, same as where we're available. So give them a subscription and a follow right now. And as always, we really appreciate your support. Now. I mentioned earlier that there was an NHL prospect that, for me, I I know is a big risk, but I still feel like the Jets at 14th overall, or if they trade back, you know, this is also an option, um, they should really consider this guy. And this prospect is Brad Lampert. And I know this name tends to be a bit of a mixed bag with a lot of prospect experts and scouts. Brad is an interesting one because in the junior levels and in international tournaments, You've seen what makes him such a tantalizing prospect. Uh, His skating ability is, at times, supernatural. Um, He's a very big, 
strong physical player, uh, but his center of, of gravity and his agility on his edges, plus the explosive, explosive acceleration, um, great strides and excellent top end speed, just make him such a versatile threat because he has this ability to sort of just explode away from defenders and he can kind of carve around them. It makes him a really, really dangerous skater to contend with, especially when you're dealing with one-on-ones. Uh, Lambert has such a diverse tool set for how to pick apart uh, an opposing skater that I feel like, you know, the numbers that we're seeing with him in Liga being a little bit depressed, um, I, I feel like it's not something that I want to put a ton of stock in. I know that other, you know, Finnish players who have gone to great NHL success obviously put up much bigger numbers and much better scoring rates than Lambert has, but I still feel like there's something about Brad that I, I just can't shake. And I think a lot of people need to under, understand that when you have somebody who is this talented, sometimes there's a, just a couple of things being blockers in the development trajectory that are holding him back. I don't know what those are in this case. Uh, maybe he's trying to be a little bit too fancy, use a few too many tool sets, and people are getting used to what he's trying to do. Maybe he's just not finding those soft shooting lanes. Uh, it's clear that he's got a great release and certainly when it comes to um, deking around defenders and trying to create space for himself, he's an expert at this, right? Uh, his ability to kind of cut from an outside angle, um, you know, back to the slot and then head back out wide if he's not really seeing the right angles or shooting options or even passing options. He's just a ball of offense. And I feel like there's something in the way that he creates space that makes it very attractive to me looking for somebody that you can craft and hone into an NHL caliber player. I think with Brad, because he has such raw potential and the foundation pieces uh, for his mobility are so good, it makes me want to take a chance on him. Now, Brad has had such a bad season in Liga that I feel like he's the kind of player who could definitely slip down the draft boards. I feel like it would be a shame uh, for him to not go in the first round. I still, I, I would, you know, firmly imagine him at least going before, you know, the, the 20s uh, or even the the mid-20s. If he somehow falls out of that, I don't even know. Um, but I feel like in a class that doesn't have a ton of, of uh, elite skill, um, once you start getting past the top round, like the top 10 picks or so, I think Brad is a, a worthy home run swing. I think that there's a lot with him that I like. I think offensively he's got tons of gifts. Um because of his size and strength and the fact that he's so fast and so good and, and so agile on his on his skates, it makes me want to give him a shot. And I think the Jets could really use somebody like him. They tried to turn Patrick Liney into like a power forward, and that didn't really work. Maybe Lambert can be the kind of answer to that style of hockey that the Jets wanted from Patty. Uh, Lambert is very tenacious. He's got a great engine, and I feel like offensively, if he can start to put two and two together with the techniques and skills that he has, he will be a menace. Uh, he's already got a great build. He's got, you know, very present physicals, amazing speed, amazing skating. And in terms of technical stick handling and skill, uh, certainly one of the top prospects in the draft class. Yeah, you know, first season or two in Liga, not so great. I, I still think that you just got to give him time and let him marinate. You don't have to, you know, force and rush him along. But I, I think if the Jets want to really give him a shot, 
He's a guy that I 100% would swing for. I know it's a bit of a risk, and I think that there are other prospects who might be more sure things. But if you're looking for somebody with like first line superstar potential, Lambert is a kid who's just oozing this uh, this this potential and ceiling. I feel like among the prospects that I've seen from this class, Lambert is one of the most impressive ones uh, in terms of potential. Now, whether he'll reach that is a very big question, and maybe you know, depending on how the Jets. Uh, adjust their coaching staff. Maybe Winnipeg isn't going to be the actual best landing spot, but either way, draft the best player available and the most talent available. Lambert, if he's around where the Jets are picking, go for it. You know, just have fun. I feel like he could be one of the most exciting players that the Jets have drafted and certainly one of the biggest uh, risks that the Jets would be taking. But I don't know, for some reason, whatever it is, There's just something about him that makes me believe in Brad Lambert. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on him, though. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Maybe you've seen Lambert before and you're like, no, this guy is not really uh, the real deal and you're not really fond of him. Or you might see some of the same potential that I do. Either way, give me a shout out. Let me know. And I will talk about your reactions on a future episode. For now, though, I don't want to talk about uh, the NHL playoffs. Obviously, they are still underway, and yeah, we have a, a first fun uh, couple of games for you to talk about from round two, and we'll get to those in just a moment. But before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at Built Bar. Uh, like I've talked about on this podcast before, Built Bar for me is one of my favorite protein bars ever. I usually hate protein bars because they're just they're just nasty and chemically, but you know, Built Bar is more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got like a brand new flavor called Birthday Cake Puffs. If you're wondering what it's like, it's basically like dipping your finger into a tub of uh, cake frosting. But unlike cake frosting and all the sugar that it usually implies, Birthday Cake Puffs only has 150 calories and it comes fortified with 16 grams of protein. Can you really argue against that? I know I can't. But if birthday cake puffs doesn't sound like your cup of tea, no problem. They've got dozens of other amazing flavors, and uh, I personally recommend the raspberry dark chocolate if you want something that's a little bit simpler but still delicious. If you can't decide, though, get their mixed box because it comes with 12 flavors, so you can find your personal favorite from a wide variety of options, and you can customize what flavors it comes with to make sure that your Bilt Bar mixed box is exactly suited to your tastes. Just like the, uh, the birthday cake puffs, they're all super healthy for you. Most around 130 to 150 calories and uh, also all loaded with protein. So again, you really can't go wrong whether you need a snack on the go, something to give your kids uh, or, you know, maybe a sweet little treat at the end of the day that doesn't, you know, overload you with carbs and sugar. If you're ready to place your order, go to built.com. And when you're checking out, be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, at checkout, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at uh, the second round of the NHL playoffs. Obviously, it just started, uh, and the first games are over. We had Tampa Bay versus Florida and St. Louis versus Colorado. Interestingly, you know, these these games weren't nearly as close as I was expecting. Um, The scoreline for Colorado and St. Louis was pretty close, and it did take overtime, but being honest... Uh, that game was pretty one-sided. Colorado basically just skated circles around the Blues. Um, and St. Louis only got fortunate on a couple of really good counters. Uh, Kairou had a great goal. Um, 
But other than that, you know, Colorado just sort of owned the game. And it got to the point where I don't even recall the Blues really having more than one or two shots uh, in the third period. And, you know, somehow St. Louis managed to tie it up and force overtime. But truth be told, they just weren't all that good. And then Colorado went overtime after some amazing saves from Bennington. Uh, ended up winning on a great goal from Josh Manson. Uh, recent arrival, of course, from the trade deadline. Um, yeah, you know, if Bennington wasn't standing on his head, this game was an absolute blowout. I would have imagined Colorado scoring like five or six goals without him. Uh, they were doubling uh, the Blues in shots like 54 to 25. So make no mistake, it was a paddling, not unlike what we saw with Calgary and Dallas in Game 7. Uh, if the Blues are, are going to be playing like this against Colorado for the rest of the series, they're not going to have a particularly long stay. I don't think Bennington can cover for their mistakes uh, and defensive issues, plus the lack of offensive creation for more than just a few games. Is it going to be a sweep? No, probably not. But I still think St. Louis is in real trouble, uh, especially if they can't dig themselves out of this early hole. Usually the first team that wins in the series is probably the one that is most favored to go on and take the series as a whole. But, uh, you know, hard to count out the Blues. They did win a cup recently. I just don't think that they really have that much of a chance against a team like Colorado unless they can find ways to really exploit uh, the Avs' weakness in defensive zone coverages. But otherwise, it's going to be a real tough slog. On the other side of things, we had uh, Tampa Bay versus Florida, which is an interesting series, one that I think a lot of people are excited about. Um, you've got the Battle of Florida, Florida Floridian teams, which you don't often see as many uh, big Eastern Conference, same state rivalries uh, in the postseason. I mean, you, you have an option of like Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh, but when's the last time the Flyers were actually really good? Been a bit of a decent amount of time. Um, out West, you have like all of the California teams kind of feeding off of each other, but for the most part, only LA is decent among them right now. So in terms of interstate battles, all we have really is the Panthers versus the Lightning. Uh, and I don't remember the last time that they actually faced each other in the playoffs. Uh, it's probably been a while if it's been recent. But aside from that, yeah, I mean, this series had all the potential to be a firecracker. And the first game I was kind of surprised by uh, it was very even in terms of like scoring opportunities and stuff. Um, and maybe that's what was a bit surprising. Uh, I want to check the uh, expected goals battle here because I feel like for the most part, it, yeah, it does look pretty even, especially at even strength. But one of the big problems for um, the Panthers is that they gave up a lot of penalties. And there was one that was kind of on a bit of a risky challenge. I still think the NHL got this call very wrong, but it was a goaltender interference challenge from the Panthers. I call this risky because despite it looking like a clear interference, the league has no idea what goaltender interference is. Um, Anthony Sorelli backed into Bobrovsky's face and caught him with his butt cheeks and knocked Bobrovsky off his line a bit while the shot from, uh, who was it? Might have been Kucherov was coming in or something, uh, or maybe it was... Uh, Corey Perry, I don't even remember who was taking the shot, but regardless, this was for me a stupid goal because it shouldn't have counted. And then, you know, the Panthers get put on the PK from the failed challenge and concede another power play goal. So just a bit of a comedy of errors, uh, in part because of the NHL officials. I feel like the refing this, this playoffs has been pretty atrocious, but you know, when is it not? Uh, I think definitely the, the tale of this first game has been 
the power play goals for the Lightning. Tampa, you just cannot give a man advantage no matter what. And the Panthers are going to have to find ways to be more disciplined. Um, the Lightning really matched them step for step in this game. And if that's the, 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 the situation that we're going to see at even strength for the remainder of the series, the Panthers are going to have to be real careful because despite also having a super cool power play, uh, I just feel like the Lightning have that experience and finishing talent at a level that's maybe a little bit above. I mean, when you've got Kucherov and Stamkos and guys like that on the on the power play with so much experience and incredible sniping ability, you just don't want to give them a chance. The Panthers, obviously, they're amazing and they create tons of goal scoring opportunities, but I don't know that their special teams is quite at the same level of scoring ability. Um, obviously, they put up video game numbers this year. But when it comes to like a playoff series against a team with a goalie like Vasilevsky and a PK that is as good as the Lightning is, yeah, don't give them chances because it's going to be brutal if you start making mistakes. Otherwise, the Panthers are probably not going to panic too much. The 4-1 scoreline looks worse than it was. Uh, most of it just coming again on the on the power play. But um, we'll see how the Panthers rebound in game number two. I do think that the Panthers are probably going to win the next one, but Crazier things have happened, and I, I I struggle to predict these series because, for the most part, they have kind of gone counter to my expectations. But I'd be curious to know if you've been predicting them right. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at hello underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Tell me who you think is going to emerge from each of these series. Uh, are you rooting for the Lightning? Are you rooting for the Panthers? And do you think that on the, uh, on the other side, Colorado is going to steamroll the Blues or the Blues mount some kind of a miraculous comeback? Um, Unfortunately, we don't have any other games, uh, but on this evening, by the time you're probably hearing this, we are going to have my favorite series. Uh, it's going to be the Battle of Alberta. I'm very excited to watch that. I just hope it's a great one because there's a lot of potential for it to be absolute dynamite, but uh, we'll give you some thoughts on that game on tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned to Locked On Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Win- Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Here's the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So as always, like, follow, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!